Hi, Zoa. Hi, Hal. I heard that you watched a pretty okay movie. Yeah, it's called With a Kiss I Die. It's got vampires. It's got Greece. It's got a man named Amalfio and some Shakespeare. Okay, but is it gay? to okay but is it gay thanks for sticking around for season two uh this week we've got my good friend and roommate zoa hi zoa hi do you uh want to introduce yourself zoa's also in our mfa um yeah i am a writer um my pronouns are they them i study fiction writing and I love vampire movies, Shakespeare, and anything that's queer, pretty much. So that, that's um, great. Really excited to to be here for this excellent, excellent film that we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, you believe that, don't you? <laughs> I remember I I described this movie to Zoa and a couple of our other friends, and uh, I was like. Yeah, it's what if Juliet Capulet from Romeo and Juliet was a vampire and she's like living in modern Greece and she like falls in love with a woman for the first time and Zoe's eyes lit up. <laughs> yeah, this movie was made for me. <laughs> and uh, only me, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> um, before we jump right in, a couple of warnings uh, for things in the movie, things that we're going to discuss probably uh suicide suicidal ideation full frontal nudity death blood body horror cancer uh the death of a parent self-harm and sexual assault (laughs) doesn't that sound fun (laughs) yeah this one had a lot (laughs) i just finished editing the open cam episode for season one and that list of content warnings escalates really quickly. And so I'm just, like, judging all other content warning lists, like, against that. And it's like, if it's not as bad as the open cam one, then it can't be that bad. I don't think that's a good uh, system <laughs> to judge things by. Gotta mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, so jumping right in, we have Autumn's favorite thing in the whole world, narration. <laughs> Also, my favorite thing in the whole world, which is a movie that I have to read. Uh, we've got some words on screen and some narration. Not not Juliet uh, reading the words, but like different words. And then also Juliet says some stuff. This is Juliet played by Ella Kweku. Uh, she's very pretty. <laughs> she saved this movie for me single-handedly yeah i am in love with her she's very um, pretty she's an excellent actress i just stared at her face whenever she was on screen and tried to block out everything else happening <laughs> actually 
and she got so much screen time that that was not mm-hmm. hard to do. So mm-hmm. that was exactly. very, very much appreciated. I'm sure there's so much like tape on the cutting room floor for this movie of just like other people who could not act <laughs> and who just brought the mood down too much. Absolutely. What was I going to say? The the thing about this movie, for like my our experience of this movie being autumn is that we saw the trailer and we were pumped. We were we were really excited. We read the little description on Amazon Prime and then we were like that sounds amazing. And then we watched the trailer and we were like that looks amazing. And then we watched the movie and we were like what? I've rarely been so excited for a film and then subsequently so disappointed. Truly, I I have no words on that. It starts out I pretty have... good. Go for it, Zoe. Yeah, I have to say that um, I was not as excited when I watched the trailer because mm-hmm. the sound was so bad. It was like echoey and I thought it was like you know, like, recorded in a gym or some, like, really cavernous room and just not edited at all for the trailer. And that didn't really appear in the film so much. So um, I thought that, you know, had something going for it in the final cut. This movie is two stars. One star is for Kweku's face and the other star is for the sound design. (laughs) I do have to say, when we watched that trailer, I think that was like after watching a million other trailers that <laughs> night that yeah. were worse yeah. than that one. So we got desensitized That's a true. little bit. It was like the last one that because the re- the routine came that we would watch two or three very bad gay movies like late at night and then we watch a bunch of trailers and save movies to the watch list to watch later and so this was one of the last trailers that we watched that night and we saved it and then we waited until the next night to watch it and so there was all of this anticipation (laughs) yeah this has a lot of like expectations in it Mm -hmm. it's got a solid premise such an amazing (laughs) it's a great premise whoever thought of this like kudos to them Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I remember in the trailer too I don't want to like talk about this for too long but there was a lot of like daddy vampire (laughs) and and daddy vampire's little vampire villain family Mm -hmm. and that was such a small part of the film so I was really intrigued about that and I guess that didn't really live up to it so much so yeah I felt like they didn't really use a lot of that storyline but that's getting this too far have. to the end yeah it it also opens pretty well we've got juliet she's uh in this magnificent like cliffside pool hanging out living her best titties out life <laughs> being sad that like profile like shot of her in the beginning amazing <laughs> This movie is very pretty. It's got a lot of really good shots. The color palette is really good. It's a lot of like very bright white backgrounds. And I don't mean like washed out like it's just white. I mean like they're in like there's like white cliffs behind them and like white marble buildings and stuff. Um, And so we're like really focused in and honed honed in 
on these characters and the characters themselves are like really saturated yeah i was gonna say it's also a lot of uh focus honed in on like the the colors um because when Juliet and her love interests like lock eyes for the first time the colors change mm-hmm. and it gets a lot I don't know if you know and it gets a lot warmer um and I thought that was really fun too they play with that a couple times throughout the movie mm-hmm. and I did like that and it's this, this fun meta thing because apparently vampires in this universe are colorblind they don't do enough with that that yeah. should have been like a, a you know downfall at some point for someone yeah I think um yeah they they didn't really have a consistent um, thing with that. Only when they really wanted you to feel like it was from Juliet's perspective, they mm-hmm. kind of shifted sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it was still fun. So Juliet is like in this cliffside pool. She's got this giant copy. It must be of like Shakespeare's complete works because it's like, you know, half a foot thick. And she's got it turned to her own death scene in Romeo and Juliet. And it's and I've written here, ma'am, don't read the play about your uh your tragic love life and how you died. That's maladaptive. Also what She likes being sad. <laughs> what year are we in here? Presumably twenty eighteen. Twenty twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, like she has had <laughs> oh math, four hundred years to read this play. And at this exact moment, she's going to, like, open it up and be sad I think that she's beautiful... like. <laughs> I think that she's, like, been doing this, like, every night when she takes her, like, poison dose. Because the other thing that she does is she drinks a vial of the poison that killed her originally. That killed Romeo. Yes. That killed, right, because she stabs herself. Um, that killed yeah. Ro- she like drinks a vial of poison of the poison that killed her boyfriend to like express her love for him and to like relive that moment with him and like that's maladaptive don't do that that's so unhealthy <laughs> go to therapy I, please please go to I couldn't therapy. even could not even appreciate that on a story level because like there definitely was that um sort of like inference that she's doing this every night and who is gonna do that for like 400 years or whatever (laughs) drinking the poison and reading this play like i i wasn't buying it Mm -hmm. i think it was also her attempt not to like make excuse i think it was also her attempt to hold on to her humanity Mm -hmm. a little bit more too Mm -hmm. because that was the other big like conflict in this movie is her afraid of losing the last bit of humanity that she has uh i don't know that that's maybe i'm reading too much into it yeah she she drinks the poison it doesn't kill her she like foams at the mouth I don't know if she it's like killing her and then she revives or she definitely kind of looks knocked out for a second. Yeah. And then Amalthio comes in. Amalthio is like her nurse slash assistant. Uh, he like rouses her gently and makes her a cup of tea and then refills her poison vial because he's an enabler. Don't do this for your also, friends. Why? Why did no one tell this man to shave? <laughs> I. I love big hot guy fox, as I, I'm calling him. No, no, please. I I, I can't do... get over his face. 
Oh, the facial hair. It's it's sculpted. It's like he's making a choice. It's a fashion decision. It's I know he's making a choice. It's a bad choice. No, it's a ba- it says I am a bad guy. That's what his facial hair says. It says I want to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Bite my fucking neck. <laughs> and let me give you this poison. I I did not like that he was an enabler for all of this, but he's madly in love with Juliet. He wants to be a vampire. <laughs> He has reasons. He has some pretty compelling reasons to Uh be doing this. I didn't read him as being in love with her. That's interesting. Oh, totally. (laughs) I went back and forth with that because at times, like, the body language did read kind of like love to me. You know, there's points where the way he's, like, caressing her and, like, kissing her forehead and stuff. But then Mm. at other times it felt more fatherly to me. Mm-hmm. It's a very caretaker position that he's in. Right. And it does seem weird if he's that in love with her that he would... Uh, we know why he's so obsessed with like wanting to emphasize how much she loves Romeo, but if he's that in love with her, wouldn't he want her to get over Romeo? Mm-hmm. I think he's just a submissive top Guy Fox. <laughs> who... I cannot. Love, I love this character analysis. Just cannot that... like break through, and is gonna live this like um, life as the unrequited, you know, lover until he dies. So, please, you're killing me. I was just stabbed. That's that's what you just did. You know who else got stabbed? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in our next shot, we meet uh, our love interest. Uh, she's uh, she's in Greece. Uh, she's on the phone. She's lying to someone. We don't know who yet about being in San Fran and not Greece at like some court, some sort of convention. And then there are is this really quick, very well done montage of her caring for her mother in a hospital as she as her mother succumbs to cancer. Um, and so, like, again, it's like, this movie is solid so far. I just want to say. <laughs> yeah, it has a great beginning. Mm-hmm. The third act is just terrible. <laughs> and then Love Interest, uh, her name's Farron. Oh, she goes to a cafe and she, like, witnesses Juliet get harassed by a man. This man is credited in the script, in not the script, rather, but the credits as obnoxious... A cafe customer or obnoxious cafe man. <laughs> that is who he is. Yes, he was a little <laughs> more than obnoxious. Name. Yeah, mm-hmm. he like comes over to Juliet and she's got headphones on. She's got massive like noise canceling Bose headphones on, not sponsored. And he's like, "What are you <laughs> listening to?" And she's like, "I'm not listening to anything, but I was wearing the headphones because usually when people see someone wearing big ass headphones in public, they don't talk to them." She has some great zingers in this movie. Mm-hmm. She is not one to be fucked with, <laughs> and she shows that to the obnoxious customer. He gets all up in her personal space, so she kind of does some defensive. Uh, maneuvers, I'm gonna say, to, to get him away. <laughs> she grabs him by the dick, and then is like, listen, unless you're gonna drop to one knee right now and declare your everlasting love to me, do me a, pa- do me a favor and get out of my face. And that's valid. 
And then her and Farron make homosexual eye contact from across this cafe. I I think that was the gayest part of this movie. <laughs> they just make pining eye contact from across this cafe. And then Juliet bolts. Like, Farron looks away for a second. When she looks back, Juliet is gone. She's like, oh no, my feelings. <laughs> yeah, that is, like, the gayest thing you can do is to make, like, such, like, intense, like romantically charged eye contact and then just run away as quickly as you can it is relatable yeah we should call this uh this episode romantically charged eye contact (laughs) that's a great title uh then juliet like she's like walking around uh she gets followed by a child who has a message for her from the vampire lord carved into his skin so that's the kind of guy that the vampire lord is. We don't see this kid again. Like, is he just grabbing random, like, 12-year-olds off the street and carving messages I was gonna them? say, yeah. Wait a minute, where's this kid in the final? I forgot about him. Yeah. Where'd he go? Did, wait, but she made a comment that, like, his numbers seem smaller. So did the kid just die between now and the end of this movie? Maybe. This is really disturbing. He got a staph infection from this open wound he's walking around with. <laughs> and also, like, the kid was really chill, too. He was yeah. like, I thought he was a vampire, like a baby vampire. So did I. Or used to this happening. Like, But again, we don't see him in the final sequence with all of the, presumably all of the vampires in this vampire coven. Where is the boy? Plot hole number one. Give me the boy. But he has Romeo's wedding band on a chain, and the message says that the offer, quote-unquote, ends in three days. What's the offer? We don't know. Mystery. (laughs) Uh, Then Juliet stands on some rocks, brooding and drinking. She's, like, on the edge of some Grecian ruins, and, like, I want to drink straight whiskey on the edge of some Grecian ruins and look out at the ocean. Damn. Yeah, that's a goal. Absolutely. Farron is there, spots her, and, uh, like, the thing that Farron sees is just a woman on the edge of a cliff, essentially, with, like, half a bottle of whiskey, and she's sort of swaying a little bit. So Farron goes into, like, uh, you know, problem-solving mode. Is just like, hey, don't do that. I want to say there are several times that Farron feels very creepy to me, and I don't know if that's just me, if you both think that she's a very normal person, but, like, she will just stare for very extended periods of time without (laughs) blinking, and she, to me, felt more like a vampire than Juliet Mm. did for this alone. I don't know if I just, like lean too much into you know twilight specifically but uh i I, she acts i don't know she acts really creepy a lot of this movie to me she kind of the first time i watched this i didn't like her that much that's a different movie though like what if there was a vampire romance but both of them are keeping the fact that they're a vampire a secret that would be fun that'd be a fun twist (laughs) i agree that farron was kind of creepy and just sort of boring at times (laughs) In a very yeah. Twilight way, from what I remember, that's a good good way to describe her. Mm-hmm. I I think she wants to be a vampire a lot more than Juliet does, because Juliet like clearly doesn't, or is very conflicted about it. 
And Farron is all in right away when she finds out that Juliet's a vampire. Doesn't even question it. <laughs> is just like, yes, fuck me up. <laughs> she does have a reason, like, to be fair to her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she... Can you just please act like a normal person once? <laughs> uh, so they're having this interaction and Juliet is like... If you saw a normal human person doing this in real life, you should try to gently lead them away from the edge of the cliff. Farron does a good thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Farron is like, I'm not leaving you alone out here. And Julia is like, fine, you stay and I'll go. And she takes one step and falls flat on her ass. <laughs> so then Farron like helps her home. Amalthio isn't there. Uh, Juliet's a mean drunk. Like, Farron helps her into the apartment, and she's like, good, now go away. <laughs> yeah, she was Juliet's super mean rude. all the time, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not, like, a just-when-she's-drunk thing. I mean, who wouldn't be in her position? Oh, yeah. I support anything she does. She's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I, I don't know if we're jumping ahead here, but... Farron's my favorite thing Farron does is slips the Polaroid picture mm. with her phone number under mm-hmm. the door. That's not for a little bit, but yeah, that's smooth. Uh, no, that anchored me. When we get there, I'm gonna rant about it. Beautiful. Then cut that out of the audio for me. I thought that that's next in my notes. Um, that's after Amalfio is fucking hot. Um, no! Can feed god, me no. any day. Stop! Oh my god. So Juliet like vomits blood, and Farron's like, ah, I will call you an ambulance. And Amaltio emerges from the shadows and is like, no, leave us, go away. Um, and so she she leaves, and um, Amaltio nurses Juliet back to health, and uh, Juliet tells him that. Uh, father is what they call the vampire lord uh he knows where romeo is buried and juliet's been like searching for his burial site for a long time we also uh, like can infer that juliet was kidnapped from her grave site she like you know stabs herself and then is whisked away by vampires and like that's traumatic very traumatic amalthio like uh this is that self-harm warning uh, Amalthio cuts himself and, so that Juliet can, like, have a drink. And he moans really weirdly, and I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, that was a very hot scene there. No. I, feel like, I feel like the wrist for... If you're gonna feed a vampire, the wrist is the is the place you do it from when you're not trying to be r- romantic. When you're, like, helping a bro out. Yeah. Uh, where would you do it if you are trying to be romantic? From your neck. The classic. Yeah. But. Silly question. <laughs> then. Or like the inner um, thigh. She might turn him. Mm-hmm. He's trying to like, you know, not does... be so, so like, um, I don't know, enticing that she's going to like, I don't know, bite his neck and turn him, I guess. It, is the is it the neck bite that turns a vampire? This is the thing that we don't know. If you're, Okay. If you're going to have a vampire story, you have to establish the rules of the universe. And they do that a little bit in this um, in this movie. But there are way more questions about how vampires work than there are answers. And that's not a place that you want to be. Yeah, we have no idea how they turn 
people into vampires. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until right now. We just know that Juliet apparently has this ability. Yeah. But is that special? Can any vampire turn another vampire? We know that Father turned her, and presumably the other vampires in the coven. But how does it work? We can talk about this when Father gets on screen, but also. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So Farron realizes that she left her camera. She's like got this Polaroid camera on on a belt. Uh, that she's been taking pictures of Grace, and she has left it at Juliet's place, returns uh, there, like, the next morning, I think. Um, I thought it was the same night. I feel like, was it the next morning? It was the same night. Okay, okay. Right, because she's in, like, the same clothes. I guess, like, she got always, like, a small distance away and then came back. Um, Juliet's in the shower at this point, Farron, like, just sneaks into this apartment, grabs her camera, and really should just leave, but instead spots, like, Amalthio bandaging up his wrist, like, through the, the cracked bathroom door, um, and Juliet confronts her, and she's wearing her undies and a silk robe, and that's it. And a bra. Yeah, bras are undies. Oh, oh, some people differentiate. Anyway, I was really <laughs> angry at Farron for just, like, wandering through this house when, first of all, <laughs> the people in it were very rude to her and told her, like, very clearly that they did not want her there and to get out. But she her camera... wanders in. She doesn't even knock, really. She, like, lightly taps on it. And also they were having a medical emergency. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, this is a great time to snoop. What are you doing? <laughs> Juliet does thank her for uh, bringing her back to the apartment, and that's how we know she's in love. Oh, please. (laughs) This is also where we get Farron's name. She introduces herself. Juliet introduces herself, and then Farron skedaddles. And Amalthio is like, did you tell that girl your name? You never tell people your name. I don't know why this is Amalthio's voice. That is not but Amalthea's like, name... voice. I... <laughs> no, that, that's, Can, that's a great version that. of his voice. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it's it a anymore. lot sexier. <laughs> no. I, how can you say that? Oh, I think we should have Zoa on for every uh, episode of this show, actually. <laughs> I will gladly watch more steamy um, <laughs> gay vampire Shakespeare movies if you can find any. <laughs> There's at least one more uh, gay Shakespeare movie that I know of. Um, And then Amaltio says she knows more than she should. And it's like, people are named Juliet. It's not like their name's Farron or something weird. (laughs) I have a cousin, Farron. Interesting. I've never heard that name before. I thought they made it up for this movie. Wild. (laughs) They spell it with a Y here. I've never seen it spelled with a Y. Maybe that's why I thought it was so weird. Mm. I just feel like it's a drag name, like Fahrenheit or something. <laughs> it like, felt like a fantasy name to me. Mm. Yeah. Um. Uh, then, then what next? Oh, then. Then she gets out her number, right? Yes. The scene that Zoa loves. <laughs> I love this. It's so smooth. <laughs> She's like, it is, but why is she doing it? Because she's in <laughs> like, love. 
I mean, okay, yes, Juliet is drop-dead gorgeous. Like, we established this. Yeah. Farron just saw her in her underwear. Like, it's hard to resist that. But mm-hmm. also, let's be clear here. A, She's uh, got Farron abs. Was just trespassing. Yes, they're, they're lovely. Uh, <laughs> Farron was just trespassing. So I don't know why that's endearing to anybody. And also, Juliet was so rude. Mm-hmm. She's also drunk. Maybe she's, like, giving her the benefit of the doubt. The... I think that you we have, have such little time here, <laughs> and you want to spend it with someone that was extremely rude to you. But that's the thing. Times that's that the you thing. Don't know. Given what we learn about Farron and why she's in Greece, maybe she's just taking risks left and right. Maybe she's just handing her number out. Maybe she's done this three more times since she got there. But also, if love were easy, then, like, would it <laughs> oh even be love? Yes. Like, think about what Stop. fucking Romeo did. Like, okay, the Montagues like... and the Capulets, you know, were literally you know fighting what? each other in the I street. Really, like, I really don't think that we should give the, the OG bro dude Romeo, like, that much credit. No, I was actually, I, I was going to say, this is based on, yeah, this is based on and a continuation of Romeo and Juliet, so I should be treating all the the romance in this movie as just, it's going to be stupid. <laughs> are both dumb. Listen, they were put in a situation by the, the circumstances of their birth, and they did what any teenage brain thought was logical. Uh, I'm a Romeo. And I Juliet would not fan. have thought that was logical. I, no, <laughs> I would have like quit so much sooner. Like, yeah, like this is too much work. <laughs> like, once fucking Mercutio died too. Like, no fucking way. I'm... Yeah, how's that not a deal breaker be immediately? With a Capulet. Yeah, there's a, a really fun uh, like Tumblr AU of Romeo and Juliet where the where it's a comedy <laughs> instead of a tragedy and so the solution is that Juliet marries Mercutio and um who Benvolio and Romeo get like a bachelor pad together and every night like uh Juliet and uh and Benvolio like switch places no <laughs> so the <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, I hate that. But I love the idea. Like, I totally want Juliet and Mercutio to, you know, have a thing. No, then... the, the thing is that they're, like, it's like a lavender marriage. Like, they, they don't really love each other. But they're married and they're living next to this bachelor pad which contains their real boyfriends. And so they switch places every night to spend the night with their actual lovers no i get it i just think like mercutio (laughs) is way too good for romeo (laughs) wait is that how it works i can't remember now no (laughs) we got so off juliet and romeo are in love yes and benvolio and mercutio are also in love oh okay yeah and so they get apartments next to each other And Juliet and uh, one of the boys switches places so that Juliet and Romeo are spending the night together and Mercutio and Benvolio are spending the night. Got it. (laughs) I still don't like it. I think um, 
Ben Volio and Romeo should get married. I think that'd be great. <laughs> it would be boring and it wouldn't be worth a story, so. <laughs> uh, where are we? Anyways, why why is it why wasn't Mercutio bitten in his family's um mausoleum? And turned into a vampire. That's my. We don't know. That's the thing. Juliet is special somehow, and like we can get into this when Father is on screen for like the five minutes that he's on screen. But Juliet is special somehow, and we do not know how. I mean, we do know why she was made of vampire, though. Why? Like we don't. You're right. We don't know why. Why? Well, in the intro. With the stupid words that I hated the fact that I had to read and, like, the the voiceover that was also disgusting. Um, They were talking about, like, uh, there was, it was the plague years and there was Mm -hmm. this coven of vampires and Mm -hmm. they were, like, went went in some cave or something just to to wait it out. Mm -hmm. And they happened to find these two dying teenagers in there. One of them was already dead from the poison and Juliet was still kind of alive because she stabbed herself badly. She doesn't even know how to stab herself properly. I'm sorry, do you know how to stab yourself? Um, yes. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, but they um, didn't know. They didn't have anatomy classes. (laughs) But that's why, that's why they, they, uh, the made her a vampire because she was still alive and she was there. Okay. So that's why Mercutio was simply buried in the wrong tomb. Yes. <laughs> um, then Juliet says that she doesn't want... To... Okay, so Amalthio thinks that Juliet should kill Farron because she knows her name and, like, I guess she's the only Juliet in the whole world. And... <laughs> also complete her transformation to become a full-fledged vampire we don't know what that looks like or how it would happen uh but juliet doesn't want to do that because she doesn't want to lose her ability to feel love and other emotions because you know she's hung up on romeo we don't know what differentiates like half vampire juliet from full-fledged vampires like father because she like she's going out in the sunlight she's gonna walk around in a church later is it that like none of the other vampires are around in the sunlight is it that full-fledged vampires can't go out in the sunlight but like half vampires or whatever can because that sucks why would anyone be a half vampire if you like have all of the improves strength and stamina and agility and cool stuff of being a vampire but also can go in the sun if you're a half vampire. No, they can go in the sun. Do they? But like, they, I they yeah, cousin does. The the first he like he threatens people a million times, and it's in the middle of the day. He the next is very it? next scene he threatens Juliet, thought, and it yeah, I'm cousin okay. cousin was, but we never see daddy in the sun. <laughs> Don't call him that. I mean, <laughs> he's like. He's literally only in one scene, so we can't expect That's not too true. much from him. He doesn't come okay. out, though. Like, he could be... He could, like, just go get Juliet, mm-hmm. presumably, if he's so big and strong. Yeah. But he's not well, big he's and strong. lazy butt. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, true. Juliet reads the play in her hot tub, and this is when Cousin visits. We I don't think that we get his name. Um, his name is it's Cousin, actually. Literally Cousin. cousin. <laughs> 
they have some back and forth about how their vampire dad wants Juliet to complete her transformation. No exposition on how that would happen or how that would make her life different besides the emotion thing. Uh, they both thre- I literally think that's it. Mm-hmm. They both threaten each other and Juliet is better at it. She's better at everything though. <laughs> then we cut to Farron who is at a cafe and she gets approached by a fortune teller and she doesn't want her fortune told and that's foreshadowing. But this <laughs> this woman sits down anyway <laughs> and she like reads her fortune in like her coffee grounds and uh she says that Farron's life is going to come full circle, which frightens Farron, and that's also foreshadowing in two ways. I knew you were going to say <laughs> this scene was foreshadowing. I watched it, I was like, ah, I can hear Hal say foreshadowing. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, cousin gets admonished by Vampire Dad He could, because he couldn't convince Juliet to come to a sit-down and then Farron walks alone home, uh, walks home alone in the dark because she is lost in Greece, and the cousin and stupid cousin attacks her. It is not clear how cousin knows that Farron is important to Juliet, but that's okay because plot twist, it will become apparent. What? It will become apparent, is what I'm saying. Ah, and Juliet saves her from from cousin. Um, and says that he can't touch her because, quote, she's mine, girl. I absolutely hate this scene. <laughs> they are trying to be so serious mm-hmm. and, like, spooky and maybe a little sexy, <laughs> like how Twilight tried to make this sexy. But uh-huh. first of all, their fangs look so fake. Please, I couldn't stop laughing. They are so bad. Also, Cousin's hissing is terrible. The hissing, <laughs> yes. It, I, it sounds like he's choking on something. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him, but he should get that checked out. Like, <laughs> I didn't even realize this was... I forgot this was a vampire movie until they started hissing. <laughs> <laughs> like, then I was back into it. <laughs> but why is it so bad? Because the movie's not good. <laughs> I just, really, if they got better fangs, I'd be, like, 10% more into this entire movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. 10%'s a lot. <laughs> yeah. Just, fangs are important. Just um, with a bigger fang budget. <laughs> more fang for your buck. Maybe if we had fewer, like, uh, fancy Grecian locations. Like, one fewer fancy Grecian location. Or if Juliet's apartment was, like, one less room, uh, then we we could get better fangs. Because that feels very important to me. It's mm-hmm. a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Invest in your fangs. 100%. Yeah, rather than sculpt that, like fancy facial hair for Amalthio, they could have just like <laughs> gotten, you know, proper fangs. Yeah. Uh, then we get Amalthio again, and he's like, you gotta murder Farron, because the masquerade has been broken. And uh, Juliet's like, I don't want to murder people. That's my whole deal. And then Farron... I want to point out, mm-hmm. I want to point out that he suggests this while painting her toenails. That's important. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) They're, like, relaxing on the couch. Yeah, that just shows, like, (laughs) Amalthio is totally there in love with Juliet. (laughs) Like, 
Like, I'm just sad that I don't have an Amalfio to, like, <laughs> feed me and paint my toenails. I think I told this to Hal, like, mm-hmm. in that exact scene, at that exact moment. <laughs> That's when, like, Amalfio truly won me over. Uh, then Farron shows up at the apartment because I guess they, like, she, like, saves her from murderous vampire cousin and then just doesn't take her to, like, a safe place or walk her home or anything because Farron's here at the apartment. She, like, arrives, um, and she is down to be a vampire. (laughs) Did Farron even get a hotel room here? Unclear. We never see it. We never see her, like, in wherever she's staying. No, she's constantly in cafes and wandering the streets of Greece, which, like, mood, but also. I think she couldn't, like, get a hotel. I think they were all sold out. (laughs) Every single one. (laughs) Which is why she's trying so hard with Juliet. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? That makes more sense than like what's actually going on. <laughs> she saw this sick apartment yeah, this, and was like, ah. This conversation they have here is so frustrating because I kept, this whole movie I kept thinking of Twilight. I'm going to talk about Twilight like five more times. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. I don't even like Twilight. Nope. But like Juliet's, Juliet's like, you're not safe here. And she's like, I feel safe. Which, <laughs> first of all, why? <laughs> Uh, Juliet's all, don't make me regret saving you. <laughs> and Farron's solution to this problem is just be, just to be like, okay, guess I'm going to be a vampire now, right? Like, turn me into a vampire. Hmm? Yeah, they just go to some cemetery and Farron's like, so you got to turn me into a vampire. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I won't, I won't waste it. <laughs> she takes, she, Juliet takes her to this graveyard to talk her out of being a vampire. She takes her on like a romantic walk through this immaculate marble and rose uh, graveyard in Greece. It's very pretty. This movie's gorgeous. Um, and Farron, and uh, Juliet rather, is like, you don't want to be a vampire. And Farron's like, but I want to, though. <laughs> yeah, Juliet wasn't very persuasive there. Yeah, Ju- Juliet's just like, life is terrible. And Farron's like, no, life is beautiful. And I want to experience as much of it as possible. And Juliet's like, Ugh. I don't know why they're even hanging out here. Like, obviously we can say, oh, it's because they're in love. But like, <laughs> Juliet says, go home. Farron says, no. So Juliet's like, well, might as well hang out at a cemetery, I guess. I don't know why she doesn't slam the door in her face. That seemed, that was really weird to me. Yeah, it's it's not really clear, like, what, um, what she sees in Farron, either. Mm-hmm. Like... She's pretty. Uh, I mean, kind of. She doesn't have that much of a personality. Like, your Twilight comparison is very apt because Bella doesn't have a personality so that we can project onto her as readers, right? Does Farron not have a personality so that we can project onto her as watchers? I don't know. That's not usually how movie characters work because, you know, they're supposed to be entertaining even if you're not projecting. Um, So I don't know what's going on. It's funny because a couple times she randomly does get a personality Mm -hmm. very, very quickly. Like, she'll (laughs) say some sassy line that feels like Juliet should have said it instead. (laughs) And then she goes back to the weird, like, monotone, blank, 
uh, blank faced look that she has the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. She's very flat. Like, and they're both. They both speak in a monotone, but Juliet is not flat. She's doing this theater technique, um, her actress is, where you are speaking in a monotone, but you're giving the words life. It's kind of hard to do. Um, And so that makes Juliet come off as like depressed and world weary instead of like completely flat the way that uh the way that Farron does right I was gonna say I kind of forgive Juliet for that also just because she's a vampire Mm -hmm. and I can you know chalk that up to oh uh she's lived so long etc etc of course she would kind of talk like this Mm -hmm. she also has a very poetic way of speaking go for it Zoa uh, she's just had a lot of time to become jaded, and it's very clear that she is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Farron is a perfectly like beautiful person, um, and like has a lot going for her, I guess, in like the flirty glances that um, <laughs> she shares with Juliet. But like, other than that, yeah, there's like not a lot of. They just don't seem to have chemistry. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we get a scene of we cut to a Maltio like going to the hot tub, uh, presumably to like give Juliet her poison, and like she's not there, like oh no. <laughs> and then uh, we we're back with uh, Farron and Juliet, and she's been wearing this uh, wedding ring on her right hand, and it turns out that it's her mom's. Uh, like she uh, her mom gave it to her right before she passed, and. Uh, she like opens up to Juliet about caring for her mom during the dying process and like this is where they're in like a Catholic church. They're like fully walking around with the vampire, so I guess that rule doesn't apply. Um and they're like lighting candles. And then we get some vampire exposition, but we don't actually learn anything. We learn that vampires are long lived and that they drink blood, but we already knew that. This is unrelated, but I was annoyed a lot of the times during this conversation and kind of in general because both of these actresses deliver a lot of their lines not looking at each other. No. They're like staring off into the middle distance. Mm -hmm. Like they're looking at cue cards off screen or something. That's all I could think of. (laughs) It feels like theater acting. It feels like they're cheating out to the audience. Why can't you look at each other? Mm-hmm. Maybe, You're maybe right there. that's on purpose because it's like a Shakespeare thing. This is how you would act in a Shakespeare play. I don't know. I was annoyed. <laughs> this isn't a play. <laughs> uh, then we get Amalthio and the leeches. Oh, that was so gross. He, presumably because he's not feeding Juliet tonight, just puts way too many leeches on himself. It's like 12 leeches. That's too many leeches. There are several times. I don't have a leech fetish or anything, but I didn't mind that. Like, <laughs> he's already feeding. He's already feeding a vampire. Like, why not feed some bugs? Too? What an immaculate sentence! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! He, you know what? Several times, I feel like he's um, teasing death a little bit, mm-hmm. and this was one of those times. Mm-hmm. Or is this something that happens when you feed a vampire a bunch? Does their body make, like, excess blood and you have to let it? Like, I don't know. I don't think that's how... That doesn't sound like a thing that happens. That's not how the (laughs) body works, but, like, is it a thing that's true in this vampire universe? We don't know. The movie doesn't tell us. That's something we should know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Juliet and Farron have been talking about how, uh, you know, 
the the two of them can't be together. Juliet has to have this sit down with father eventually, and also the cousin is gonna hunt Farron down. So they essentially have three days left to like hang out. And Fer- and Juliet's like, if you only had three days left, what would you do? And so Farron performs at a uh, open mic mic night, a, a talent thing at a library. It's an original song that she wrote, she performs, and it's extremely on the nose for a character who is in love with a vampire. <laughs> it's a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. And they make homosexual eye contact. Juliet's in the audience. She's up, she's up on stage. See, now the question is, did mm-hmm. she write this on the spot after meeting this vampire? Or has <laughs> she just had this fantasy of falling in love with a vampire? And that's why she's down to clown so quick. Or did she know that Juliet was a vampire and was actually seeking her out? Yeah. Mm. We don't know. The movie doesn't tell us. Nor does it really give us any good hints after that. Um, But then also Farron apparently has signed Juliet to perform as well. And that's rude. Don't sign someone up for her. Don't sign, don't sign someone up for an open mic when they have not said, I want to do the open mic. Don't do it. Also, without any warning, she has to prepare something. Yeah. You're, like, lucky that she has this aria she can just whip out. Yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, I had some singing lessons back in the 13th century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says she hasn't performed since she was 11. She gets up on stage, uh, and we get this, like, classical Italian piece uh, and they make homosexual eye contact. So much of that. <laughs> I could have used uh, more, though, to be honest. Really? I thought it was a good amount. Yeah, it was like whenever they, like, open their mouths and talk to each other, it just... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. This movie like, needs to be all eye contact. Not that the dialogue was really that bad. It just wasn't great. And... So, yeah, the eye contact could have just been the whole movie. <laughs> That's valid. That's a good point. Um, then we get, uh, we get like, a little mini montage while Julia is singing of them, like, at the beach and hanging out. And they're in lingerie at the beach instead of their swimsuits because sexy. Well, I figured, like, they were already somewhere else and then they went to the beach and they were like, oh, let's drift down to our underwear and go in the water kind of thing. I guess. You're saying that like that's a normal thing that people do. I mean, I've done that. It happens. Wild. I did that like two months ago. Wild. There, there you go. Hal, <laughs> you're the weird one here. <laughs> Always. Uh, (laughs) Juliet talks about how they like they're like in a cave they're in some sort of like undercropping uh, hanging out on some rocks and Juliet talks about her like long life and how she modeled for Da Vinci Uh, she found him fascinating but Da Vinci was gay tragedy (laughs) (laughs) we also get the explanation of like how she is the no not the full explanation but like she's older than Shakespeare is what this scene establishes uh, so she's not actually the A. Juliet Capulet that would have been alive in Verona at that time to get, like, a play written about her life. Because, uh, you know, Da Vinci comes before Shakespeare. Farron tries to kiss her, and she gets out of there. She bolts. Juliet's like, ah, my feelings. I do really like how the both this and then later when they kiss again, I love how those scenes were shot. Mm-hmm. The kisses. 
I really enjoyed that. It felt very gay to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was this really close zoom in on their mouths, and it was, like, a really chaste and really, I don't know, really sweet. I liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. What I didn't like is how they both had matching underwear. I don't understand that. Both of them. Uh-huh. That's probably what Farron stole when she was snooping around. Maybe. Here's my explanation. Farron okay. knows that she is on a date with a sexy vampire. Wears matching underwear. Yes. Juliet is a dramatic bitch. Wears matching underwear. Juliet, I do believe, only owns black <laughs> underwear. Like, this is something I believe about her. Uh, but the fact that then Farron also has matching underwear, extremely fancy underwear. On her vacation. Like, the ocean also <laughs> would want to do that. Uh, so Juliet, like, runs all the way back to her apartment Amalthea is there and he's like don't have a crush on a human and she's like what shut up you do (laughs) I was a little like surprised by that because I thought it was already established with this sexy beach scene that like Juliet was like into this and Mm -hmm. then it was like wait what she doesn't want to kiss Farron Denial. Maybe, Denial is powerful. Maybe it got, like, really real in that moment. She's like, ah, no, my feelings. <laughs> I mean, clearly there were some feelings um, that she wasn't expecting, but it doesn't really go into that much more. Mm-hmm. It's It more seemed like afterwards it was just for the drama. Mm-hmm. Just that describes this movie really well. Just, <laughs> it, just, just some more tension here just, for you. Just for the drama. Uh, Juliet has vowed not to turn any humans because no human would willingly choose to be a vampire. And uh, Amaltio says that he doesn't get to choose anything, which is foreshadowing. Also, yes, you can walk away at any time. Yeah, just stop being this vampire's nurse. Go be a different vampire's nurse. <laughs> uh, then Juliet and Farron on a rooftop. I don't know which rooftop this is. Presumably of the apartment. Uh, Farron uh, doesn't ever miss a sunrise or sunset. And this is where we get Juliet uh, reveals that all vampires in this universe are colorblind. And she doesn't really remember what sunrise and sunset looks like. But she like has a feel for... like She remembers like the idea of yellow uh and so Farron is like tries to explain the colors of the sunset she's like it's yellow over here and it fades into red and then purple and that's romance baby yeah i liked that scene this is just like in cloudburst (laughs) (laughs) a little bit it's like literally the exact same thing i guess a little bit. And Amaltio is spying on them in this instance because he is the evil inverse of Prentice in Cloudburst. Stop. <laughs> no, that's, that's stretching it. Well. You, you gotta take it back. What? He's he's uh, a queer, queer-coded twink. He's hanging out with two uh, p- women who are in love. He's the evil inverse. I'm telling you. <laughs> I said I don't I don't wanna compare those characters because one is good and one is weird and boring. What part of evil inverse are you not understanding? <laughs> this is mirror mirror. Mm-hmm. 
the my next headache for my notes is this movie is so pretty. <laughs> They're in like an amphitheater. There's like some stone seating and then a little bitty uh like uh, half cylinder stage, um because this is a Shakespeare adaptation. <laughs> And Juliet explains how she told Shakespeare her tragic backstory and he wrote a play. And like, can you imagine you're like unloading about your trauma to someone and they write a play and it becomes one I of, would feel honored. One of the mm, one of the most I would be so smug. Most famous plays in history. <laughs> Ninth graders read it and they tell you that you're stupid. I hope she's getting oh, royalties I, for this. <laughs> That's how she affords that sick apartment. I was wondering where she made her money. Yeah, that's a really good point. She has no job. <laughs> Professional vampire. Another thing the movie doesn't care enough to uh, explain. Nope. She also explains that she's been drinking poison every night to remember Romeo. Uh, and then she says, maybe we were, maybe we weren't actually in love. Maybe we were just stupid kids making terrible choices. And like, who isn't? You know. I literally wrote down, you were stupid kids making terrible choices. <laughs> but that happens. Uh, hopefully not everyone kills themselves. Yeah, actually. but like, every, you need to be in your life a stupid kid making terrible choices at least once. It's healthy. But what's not healthy is <laughs> reliving those terrible choices every night yeah. for 800 years. That sucks. See a therapist. Yeah, just get over him, Juliet. <laughs> like, the. She really does need to. Third act of the film, I was pretty much just saying to myself, like, get over him, get over him. Over and over again. I understand that it was, like, a traumatic moment, and, like, yeah, there is more complicated stuff going on with, like, the whole vampire thing. Mm -hmm. But. Um, maybe try not taking that poison. Maybe donate your copy of the complete works of Shakespeare to the library so you don't have to, like, read the story for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I don't know, give a Malthio a try. <laughs> no. I disagree on that last part. That is, nope, bad. <laughs> uh, and then she says, uh, Juliet says... If our, love if our love was once in a lifetime, then why am I having those exact same feelings now for someone else? It makes really intense eye contact with Aaron. <laughs> I do have to say, so many of these conversations, because this movie, half of this movie is just the two of them having really long conversations. Mm -hmm. And so many of them will start in one location and then end in another location. Mm -hmm. And like, when movies do that... Are we supposed to assume that they paused their conversation until they arrived at the second location? Uh-huh. This is another thing that this movie has in, has in common with a play. Because every play is just characters having very long conversations. But this isn't a play, it's a movie. I'm just saying they're doing something. They're playing with genre space. You know I love that shit. Getting, oh, getting my whole degree in it. <laughs> I kind of love the like Shakespeare adaptations that just feel like a play mm -hmm. like being filmed like like a two-dimensional sort of like 
people talking at the camera, you know? Mm -hmm. So I didn't notice that as a bad thing, but, like, now that I'm thinking back on it, it's like, oh, yeah, that was kind of um, not very cinematic. (laughs) I mean, also just the fact that this is supposed to be a vampire story makes me wish there was more like vampire action in it i guess Mm -hmm. yes otherwise why really like you could just make her immortal why make her a vampire specifically if you're not gonna do vampire things Mm -hmm. she could have been like a witch or something she could have so uh you're right that they start this conversation in the amphitheater and end it in a bar Farron, like, nicks herself on the bar, um, and Juliet looks at her hand really intensely, because this is a vampire movie, uh, but she has (laughs) self-control. And, uh, Farron, like, goes to the bathroom to fix herself up, and (laughs) Juliet, like, laps, not, she has, like, you know, put her tongue on the bar, (laughs) but she, like, grabs the blood, the drop of blood that was on the bar with her hand and, like, licks it up, um, and then storms into the bathroom really mad, uh, she's like super angry because she has tasted the fact that there is some sort of illness in Farron's blood. Uh, chronically ill people can't be vampires and that's ableist. <laughs> I think it's specifically because she has some sort of blood disease. The transformation mm-hmm. won't work and would then kill the vampire who's like drinking this diseased blood. She has leukemia, which, which I is think... a blood cancer. Right, which I think kind of makes sense. It's not like they're saying all, all, uh, you know, illnesses. They were specifically talking, at least that's the impression I got. Mm-hmm. But, like, Juliet says, you're sick, you can't be a vampire. And so, you know. I will also like, say. You're right, but also. Uh, I wanted that scene. She drinks <laughs> the blood. She storms into the bathroom to go very differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it didn't. And I will forever be upset about it. She fully pins pins Farron to the wall of this bathroom. Like, why have that in the movie if it's not going to go to a place? It could have been so hot, please. (laughs) This is a vampire movie. It should be so much hotter than it is. You don't even have to try hard to make it hot. I just... Yeah, it only, like, gets to rom-com level hotness. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Like... It's just, it could be so much more. When like, I mean, it, gothic horror, huh? it starts, like, out with, like, one of the hottest people I've ever seen in my life standing naked, <laughs> like, by the side of a pool in Greece, like, uh-huh. they don't and then it just goes pool. downhill they, from there. They do not bag in that cliffside hot tub, and that is the real crime of this movie. Why introduce okay, this but... very important cliffside hot tub? We see it multiple times. We know that Juliet spends a lot of time in it. Why don't they have sex there? Wait, consider this, though. Mm-hmm. Albatheo would absolutely, like, weirdly watch them. <laughs> now, some people are into that, but he <laughs> is such a turnoff. Just his face, the facial hair. I gotta say, <laughs> me personally, no. You, you think Amalthea would ruin it? Like... No, because my... He would lurk. No, he would lurk. He, he would, would be lurk. sad he and would he lurk. would watch. He's a lurker. Okay. Yeah, that would be he creepy. Is. Like, he shouldn't be doing that without and their consent. <laughs> but if they were to have a threesome, no. I would not be disappointed. 
<laughs> I I think the biggest missed opportunity in this film is the fact uh-huh. that Amalfio, Juliet, and Farron do not form a thruple. <laughs> You're no, I can't I can't support that. And they all become vampires and live happily ever after. And start a vampire family. But all Almatheo does is ruin the vibe. Almatheo. Whatever his name is, he ruins the vibe. (laughs) You're right. He's a bit of a vibe ruiner, but, you know, I can look past that for for him. Uh, then we get these really lovely parallel shots of Farron and Juliet looking sad in separate locations and Amalthio is bad at comforting people and you know what if my friend asked me to help poison them every night to the point where I have to up the dosage of poison every so often uh, so that eventually it is like incredibly strong and would be lethal to most people because she's built up a tolerance to it. I would simply refuse because I'm a better friend than Amalthio is. But are you That's friends with a vampire? We do not enable our friends' maladaptive coping mechanisms. I'm we just saying it. it's a it's a little different. It's, it's not. Vampires are people too. <laughs> She has that, regular that's, depression. That's true. She does. It's not special magic depression. <laughs> special magic depression. That's a good title for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. There's got to be like some something that like brings them together. Otherwise, why is Amalthio <laughs> in this? <laughs> well, according to you, they look hot. I'm and job well done. <laughs> Uh, so then Farron, like, comes to the apartment to apologize. She fully didn't know about the whole, like, people with blood diseases can't get, can't get turned into vampires thing. Uh, she, like, talks about, she didn't tell Juliet about her own cancer diagnosis because she talks about how people treated her mom differently when she was diagnosed and like that happens if you tell people that you are like chronically ill or if you are visibly like people who wear head wraps because their head is their hair is falling out because of chemo like people stare at them they get treated differently uh and so i think that it's valid that she didn't want to tell this practical stranger about this deadly disease that she has yeah and but i will i do want to point out mm-hmm. Uh, this scene has an absolutely hilarious continuity issue <laughs> that I, I paused and I went back and rewatched to make sure I wasn't like hallucinating. Mm-hmm. But it shows Juliet, she's like standing on, on this balcony or something uh, at her apartment or above it or something. Um, and she's wearing a like white tank and she's sitting on a ledge. And then it cuts to... Um, Farron walking in and when it cuts back to Juliet she now has a white crop top on Ah. completely different shirt and she's standing (laughs) Uh, also Farron says I didn't know turning me would kill you or maybe I didn't care girl you didn't know about vampires you just learned about vampires stop this is why I think maybe she had some pre-existing knowledge about what she was getting into mm. with Juliet. Um, I, I just feel like there aren't a lot of vampires in America. 
and <laughs> she was like shit i'm going to die like i could either like get you know care in this shitty medical system or go to europe and get bit by a by a vampire so mm-hmm. is that the real reason why she's like wandering the streets at night <laughs> that's also a different better movie she's also yeah. like wearing like her neck is always exposed to <laughs> i'm not saying she's asking for it i'm just saying that like oh that's what you're saying i'm hey, just hey, saying hey. that She's very willing <laughs> from, you know, her own sentiments in this film to being bit by a vampire. This is true. Juliet says that she doesn't want to watch another lover die. And Karen's like, okay, then don't. And they decide to just spend these last two days together. Uh, and then, like, presumably, like, go their separate ways. Uh, then we get Amaltio molting. <laughs> Zola read this as a face mask. He's like his yeah. skin oh, is okay. His skin is peeling. It like looks very much like just like he is parts of him are sloughing off. I... I thought that was part of some weird creepy thing. Like I was so freaked out the first time we watched this yeah. movie and that happened. Yeah. I thought dude just has like a very advanced skincare routine and <laughs> did one of those peely face masks. It is only on his face. So yeah. I could believe that he has extreme skincare routine stuff to try to look younger because he's like self-conscious because his only friend is a vampire Mm -hmm. i could believe that absolutely and we find out about his skin problems later Mm -hmm. from daddy Um, (laughs) stop (laughs) but that's who he is uh he's like shedding his skin while farron and juliet hang out at a club Uh, And he's also very upset that Juliet left her. She's been wearing the vial of poison around her neck. It's like a cross necklace with a little bit of poison, like a hollow cross necklace with some poison in it. And uh, she's like left that behind. And he's like, ah, she left the poison behind. My life is so terrible. And meanwhile, they're just like hanging out in a club dancing. Juliet's got a very good shirt on. (laughs) You would love that shirt. I don't remember the shirt. It's like a like a tacky button down. It's like black with like roses on it. Okay. Okay. I love a wacky button down. <laughs> yes, you it do. It is like the only bit of color she wears. Mm-hmm. I feel like significant. Almost all of her clothes are black or white. Significant. Significant. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Amalthea was being a little dramatic there, but um, you know he was alone. <laughs> Julia didn't take him out to the club and. All he, you know, got to do was, like, peel his face, so. (laughs) Understandable. Farron and Juliet, like, they're standing in a field among some ruins, and they, like, stand stock still facing each other and just, like, undress in front of each other. (laughs) That's how their, like, sex scene starts. Meanwhile, Amaldio uh, self-harms in the shower. She's like, he's like simulating his uh, routine once again, and instead of leeches, it's just he straight up like is in the shower where he normally would feed Juliet. Uh, and then Juliet and Farron bang in the grass. In the grass, I hate it. <laughs> I love this. that part, but um, <laughs> but I think like 
you know, this is the morning after their like big club night. They they've been out all night, and there's like a an intense like close up shot on their faces. This is like one of the only close ups I remember, like vividly, just how like perfect their skin is. They do not <laughs> look like they were out at the club all night. Um, they don't even look sweaty. Not at all. And like I maybe that's like a vampire magic thing for Juliet, but definitely not for Farron. I think um, you know they needed to be a little dirtier, especially when they're gonna do it out in the open, <laughs> outside in the grass. Zoa said, "Not enough dirt. Two stars." Why are they having sex outside <laughs> in broad daylight? Uh-huh. They're in some ruins. They could go into the ruins, and that might be like you know, there's symbolism there. Don't even I mean, put a blanket s- down. You're gonna get roly polies <laughs> in your cooch. <laughs> some people have fetishes, okay, about oh having God. sex outside. <laughs> Yeah, but that's not what this movie's about. It's not an established um, character trait for either of them. Uh, I think you can throw in some details and, you know, don't have to have it directly relate to the plot. <laughs> hmm. Not with this. You, nope, you can't. Uh, Juliet wants to run away together. And, uh, girl, the last time you tried that, it did not work out. <laughs> also, this is like... A day after you agreed to soon never see each other again, she changed her mind so quick. Well, you see, they had sex in the grass. But it's in the grass. How could could it be? <laughs> uh, th- then she explains that she feels like Romeo is watching over her from the stars. And she says that she thinks that um, maybe Romeo sent Farron from the stars Uh, to you know make her be happy and force her to move on because he like loves her so much and i thought that that was really romantic and zoe was like ew oh i really liked that too (laughs) i thought that was so gross like um maybe just like the time difference of like she said this is 800 years since you know romeo died and everything um maybe just sick of it He's looking he's looking down at her and he's sick of it. I just think that gives Romeo way too much agency in this story. <laughs> like we don't need Romeo anymore. Mm-hmm. But she's not this is how she allows herself to move on, you see. Yeah. Yeah, like she could have just like called up Friar Lawrence and been like, Hey, where's Romeo buried? Like let me see him mm-hmm. back in the day. But she didn't try that hard, so clearly, you know, <laughs> We don't know that, uh, this is the movie's fault, right? But we don't know how much of the Romeo and Juliet play is true and how much of it is, you know, Shakespeare had to adapt it for, like, his contemporary times and also make it make sense as a narrative, you know? We don't know if Friar Lawrence was a character in the original story. This is the movie's fault, but I'm just saying. The only thing I don't like about the the Romeo her still having like feelings for him or whatever and like the implication that uh the vampires can bring him back I guess or something mm-hmm. I don't really know they cuz they never explicitly say I feel like mm-hmm. but they're not immortal right they do age just really slowly yes. so Juliet is older than she was then so like 
dead Romeo, would, if he <laughs> came back, would still be like this little child, and she's like an adult now. So let's think about that for just like a little bit. You're right. That's gross, and no one cares to like address that. No, they don't address a lot of things. Farron goes back to, we do see her hotel room. This is where we see her hotel room. She has a hotel room. Yeah, she she writes the letter there. She yes. writes a letter on like the hotel like stationery to her dad, presumably explaining her cancer and also the fact that she's running away with this woman. Uh, then she, that she just met. Mm-hmm, she goes to the mailbox and she mails it. Like as far as her dad knows, she's off. Run, has run away with this woman and presumably died of leukemia. Um, but then she gets got by, uh, she gets got and leaves her camera behind and Juliet finds the camera and is like, cousin. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) It could only be cousin. Uh, tracks the two of them down to this like partially underground villa where the vampires hang out. Uh, she's like, where is my girlfriend? And uh, Vampire Dad is like, I thought you were still pining after your high school boyfriend from 600 years ago. Yeah, they all need to move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vampire Dad, he, there's like a human woman there that he's using as a blood bag and has her like serve the two of them some sort of vampire cocktail. And he apparently like changes out his suppliers really frequently or else the blood gets stale, I guess. That's not how human blood works. You're like constantly making new blood, dog. Yeah, the but the it whole makes like him sound scary. I I feel like maybe that's like a trope, like the virginal like young woman um blood is like the best blood. Like that's some Elizabeth Bathory shit. Mm-hmm. Um but it doesn't really explain why Amalthios, for instance, would be so much worse. Yeah. Um, as they repeatedly make fun of Amalthio for being, like, old blood. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is where the movie, this is the sequence where the movie falls apart, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, like, admonishes her for keeping Amalthio around because, like, his blood gets stale, I guess. Um they have this cocktail. It's like alcohol and blood and rimmed in a martini glass with like either cinnamon or maybe that's dried blood. I don't know. Um, then the the room saturates in color as Juliet has a drink of like fresh young blood. Uh, so is the colorblindness contingent on like not drinking fresh blood? We don't know. It's a big mystery of the vampire world. That was like the one solid piece of lore and they muddied it in the last act. Yep. <laughs> As you do. Uh, then Vampire Dad has them bring Farron out and they trade snipes. Her, uh, him, uh, like, uh, Farron is like, uh, and Vampire Dad's like, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Juliet is important because he is Vampire Dad's heir. Why is she different than anyone else that he's turned? Why did he pick her, this random girl that they found in a tomb, as the heir? Uh, why can't, like, he just designate a new heir? Does she need to be dead before he can do that? Why doesn't he just kill her? Uh, he's turned all of these other vampires. There's like half a dozen vampires in this room. 
why can't one of them turn more vampires? Juliet is like, our numbers are dwindling, you're pathetic. Like, what? what's going on? Yeah, nothing is explained. Absolutely not a single thing. It's sort of implied that, like, Juliet has been to these, like, little vampire daddy meetings before. Mm-hmm. But not what was discussed there, not what's different this time. Um, Why she chose to stop going. Yeah. Also, uh, he says this really terrible phrase that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Uh, calls Farron, like, her her tender young breast or something. <laughs> and I just had to pause and, like, let that wash over me for a hot <laughs> like she's before a, I continue Like watching. she's a chicken. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Yeah, daddy is um pretty gross. <laughs> Vampire Dad has the dagger that Juliet used to kill herself and threatens Farron with it and then has Amalthio. Amalthio! Amalthio is here! Amalthio! Oh, we just like, we're gonna gloss over him entirely. No. And now Amalthio uh, is here. Uh, Juliet, the reason that the family knew about Farron and her importance to Juliet was because Amalthio is a traitor bitch. Uh, and he appears from behind a uh, a curtain, and he is wearing this getup, and it looks like uh, a Vietnamese uh, traditional dress. <laughs> and I don't know why he's wearing it. Never even like addressed a little bit. No, it's like gold. It's got this like Eastern brocade on it. It straight up is just a men's aldi, and I don't know why. Why? And nobody else is wearing this. It's no. just Amalthio. And it's super noticeable because he just appears in it and it's brightly colored. Like, wh- why? Continues to be weird. Yep. It's like, Until the end. Is it just exoticism? Because that's gross. Stop. <laughs> I, I'm sure from a filmmaking perspective it was, but like, I'm interested in whether Amalthio dressed himself in that to meet the vampires. Or Vampire Daddy put him in this outfit. I think mm-hmm. that's very important. He wants to be a vampire, but Juliet said before that the reason she's kept him around for so long is he never asked to be turned. So, like, apparently he never asked. You can't have things you don't ask for, dude. Communicate. I mean, he knew she'd say no. I don't know, but, like, still. Yeah, he's just, like, lurking around, like, trying to... Total, like, sub energy there <laughs> with doesn't You're not wrong doesn't really. doesn't want to like ask for it but wants wants it anyways uh and then amalthio is betrayed by vampire dad because he reveals that he's not going to turn him presumably because he can't because i don't know uh and like he's still just going to be a blood bag um and so then we get like Farron being threatened and uh, Amalthio like serves Vampire Dad some blood, and uh, Vampire Dad's like, "Okay, Jules, time to kill this guy that's important to you." Uh, and Baron's like, "No, I will die instead." Because <laughs> uh, that'll fix everything, I guess. Uh, and then uh, Vampire Dad is like, "No, I'm gonna let you go." Because Jules is going to stay here with me and be my heir. Going to trade your life for hers. 
uh, and Farron's like, no, and Julia's like, ah, and kills Amalthio, uh, is killing someone what completes her transformation into a full yeah. vampire? Okay. That's why she she didn't kill anyone throughout the whole movie. Okay. Is that what they say? Or is it just, like, heavily implied? Uh, I don't think it's explicitly stated that that's I don't think so it either. It's just something that we can infer via being people watching the movie who know how vampires work sometimes. Apparently we're supposed to know, like, everything about this world coming mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, I think they're just relying on, like, the vampire canon to explain everything away. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my favorite thing in the movie happens, which is Juliet demands Farron's release now that she's, like, done what Dad wants. Uh, but Cousin bites her neck instead, intending to kill her, and he dies like a punk because of Farron's leukemia. Somehow, like, no blood gets on Farron's white dress. Yeah. Can we just, like, talk about that? Yeah. How is there no blood on this dress? It's all white. It's pure white dress. I think that's a waste of an opportunity. I think they should have gotten the dress bloody. Why else is she wearing white if not to get blood on it? Yeah, this is a vampire movie. Put blood on your clothes. (laughs) The fangs probably costed, like, took the bulk of the uh, effects budget, so. Mm -hmm. That sucks. And then, maybe they could only find one copy of this dress. (laughs) Uh, And Vampire Dad is like, Haha, you were in love with a dying girl. And it's like, that happens. Technically, all humans are just dying. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually wrote that down. I was like, wait a minute. That's like a criteria for loving a person. They can't be dying. (laughs) (laughs) Who made these rules? Uh, Vampire Dad is coughing when he says this, and that's important. Uh, <laughs> Juliet tries to get Farron out of there, uh, but Dad tries to stop her, and then Juliet threatens him with the dagger, which is, like, a really good moment. Like, Juliet Capulet threatening people with the dagger that she killed herself with? Excellent. Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> okay, this, so, the, the father character, he's coughing because, mm-hmm. uh, he was poisoned, right? Yes. With the same poison Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that that Juliet was, like, giving herself repeatedly throughout Uh her whole vampire life. And it's really strong now because Juliet uh, built up an immunity to it, and so it's real strong now, and, like, he goes down like a punk. But poison can't kill vampires. Uh, It can, though. It does? But I... Because, like... Because she lists what can kill a vampire to Farron. Yes. In the beginning of this movie, she's like, bad blood, decapitation, uh, I think one other thing, and she does not say poison. Mm -hmm. Is it because he's old? I was was pretty disappointed there was not more like garlic and steaks and crosses (laughs) and stuff. Like, that -hmm. that just would have been fun. Um, And then they wouldn't have had all these questions about like, can poison kill a vampire but yeah i think that like he was older and weaker like we know he's well past his prime Mm -hmm. as a vampire and so in my mind like that made him more susceptible to dying but we just don't know 
No, the movie is not interested in telling us any of these things. Absolutely not. Juliet is very interested in explaining to uh, Father and us that the only thing keeping her from stabbing him to death before was the fact that she could still feel empathy and love, and she can't do that anymore. (laughs) So she's like, uh... (laughs) Uh, Except she clearly can, because she is upset about Farron. Yeah. So what is the truth? (laughs) What is the truth? Uh, Vampire Dad orders all the other vampires to attack Juliet, but they just stand there like the cardboard cutouts that they are, uh, presumably because he's, like, uh, being very pathetic and dying of this poison. Um, And you know what? Good for him, Althio. He he got it his in, in the end. He comes through. And so, like, yeah, father, like, lays dying, seething. Maybe he doesn't die because he's, like, still, like, convulsing when Juliet leaves. Maybe this is just he's lost power because he's been shown to be super pathetic in front of the half dozen vampires that are left. Maybe. It's just so unclear. Yeah. I was... Episode title. (laughs) I was viewing it as he died, but, like... Yeah, it's not clear. And all the other cardboard vampires just, like, they don't say anything. They just kind of, Mm -hmm. like, slowly, like, saunter out of the cave. Like, all right. Bye. We're done with this. Juliet carries Farron to the top of some cliffs to hold her as she dies. Uh, And Farron says, I hate your family. (laughs) That's an amazing line. Mm -hmm. I do have to give her that. That was great in that moment. Uh, and Juliet laughs at that, and Farron's like, I made you laugh. And Juliet's like, I'm laughing because that's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> They're great together. Sometimes. Uh, then Farron describes the sunset to Juliet again. They say, I love you to each other. And uh, Juliet bites Farron, and the two of them die together. Tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was more, like, upset about that at this point i was just so frustrated by everything happening in this movie Mm -hmm. i was upset because it's like you waited this long just to reenact the like stupid thing that you tried (laughs) to do when you were a teenager like what Mm -hmm. didn't learn from her mistakes she literally had like almost a millennium to learn not not a good vampire (laughs) Not a good movie. Not a good vampire movie. Wow. <laughs> and that, that's uh, that's how we end. Um, are those our final thoughts? Not a good movie, not a good vampire, not a good vampire movie. I, I did, I wanted to say one final thing. Um, I, when I was trying to see if I could find any sort of information about this movie, um, because it has like no Wikipedia page, which filled me with sorrow. Um... I did see something, and I'm not positive it's true, but it feels legit to me, that uh, this was originally, Farron was originally going to be a guy. Mm. Um, oh. But then, yeah, and but then when they were doing the casting process, they liked so many of the uh, the actresses auditioning, they just decided to, like, try pairing up Juliet with some of them instead Ooh. and they just like didn't care about gender at all which is why the script like has none of those like nothing about the script reflects the fact that it's two women mm-hmm. you know and I love that mm-hmm. that's my favorite thing about this movie mm-hmm. yes but could you imagine like 
how bad this movie would be if <laughs> a cisgender, like, straight man was Farron. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it'd I, be so bad. I like oh the idea of a, of a male helpless waif. That's that's fun. Okay, but like the <laughs> fact that Juliet was bisexual for me was ninety percent of the that. appeal of this movie. Yeah, that that's that right. was the selling so... point. <laughs> yeah, I and I, I came for the where like gender doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I came for the queerness. I stayed for Amalthio. <laughs> <laughs> My closing thought, I guess I I think. Um, like Netflix should create like a TV series based on this idea. <laughs> Not that they like are great with creating TV series, but they'll at least have a budget to get some better actors and like somebody to finish the storyline out. Um, <laughs> some good teeth. George Copsidus, if uh, you're listening to this, please give me a call <laughs> or find me. Um, I hope you shaved since making this movie. I don't know. Um, the The picture on Google is uh, with Amaltio's facial hair, so... No. <laughs> rip. I'm looking at, um... Yeah, IMDB, and he this seems... One, this he, seems to be his thing. He appears to be closet <laughs> so cosplaying... Sad. This other picture, he appears to be closet cosplaying Hook from Once Upon a Time. So... I hate that. Why would you say that to me? <laughs> there, the vibe he's giving off. The third picture on IMDb for his profile, he has curlers in his hair and this really <laughs> cute mustache with like the twisty sides. <laughs> and it is hot. No. I'm so upset now. Thanks for just, thanks for that. You got. You can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. Okay, but is it gay on TikTok? Uh, thank you to Enoff on Instagram, E N O F F for our theme song. Uh, Zoa, do you have anything to plug? You got published recently. Should people go look at the thing that you got published? Yeah, I have a story that just came out in Peach Mag, um, which is an amazing uh, online literary journal. Um, I guess you can find it at, um, Peach Mag, the latest, their, um, website. Um, I'm on Twitter at Zoa Kudre, Z-O-A-C-O-U-D-R-E-T, or Instagram at Zoa XVX. Uh, where on the internet are you, Lotto? Oh. I'm on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Cool. Thanks for listening to the show. Until next week, stay gay.